Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, and welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and it's going to be great today, great today. Christine Marquez-Hudson is on the show, full of ideas and vim and vigor and vision and energy, and she's everything awesome. Christine, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Betsy. So glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. We've been trying to do this for a while because you're involved in so many of the things that we talk about on Boost Power Podcast. You're a woman in leadership. You are a person who stands for your values and ideals. You're a trust builder. You're a consensus maker. Uh, and you're associated not only with the Camp Experience Network, but as part of our top sponsor, MSU Denver here in Denver, Colorado. So we have so many things to cover today. Tell me first. What is your story? So how did a nice girl like you get in a place like this? Because everybody hears, wow, she's all that, right? And people don't know the road it takes to get to be all that and the experiences along the way. So go back a little bit and tell us a little sure. bit about, you know, what inspired you in your childhood and then how is your educational path that prepared you for today? Absolutely. Well, I'm a proud Western Coloradan. I grew up in Grand Junction, Colorado, and my dad is from the San Luis Valley. So my family actually goes back in Colorado nine generations. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. Does that um, mean you have a special license plate? Isn't that right? The real I, Colorado people have a special license plate? I should request one. I, I don't think, think I, I, I've never done that, but I should re absolutely request Nine one generations, that. you earned that, honey. Definitely. Um, and so grew up in a relatively small town where everybody knew everybody. My mom was a teacher. My dad uh, was a lawyer. And I think what made my experience unique is that my parents have a mixed marriage. So my mom is uh, Caucasian. My dad is Latino. And um, I always sort of grew up in this way where I was bridging the gap between those two cultures and I found it um, to be a wonderful experience. I could move easily uh, through lots of different kinds of environments and connect and relate in ways that were very natural to me. Um, my parents were um, lucky to be educated themselves. And so for my sister and I, it was never a question of whether or not we would go to college, it was where we would go to college. And in those days, uh, we didn't have the internet people shopped for colleges using catalogs. And so we went sight unseen to the places that we applied for and eventually went to. I ended up at UCLA as a theater major of all things. And, you know, little kid from Grand Junction thought that I could make it in Los Angeles. And um, I also went there to really test out whether or not I could. And within about a year figured out, you know, the theater, scene is just not a fit for me. Um, people were, were very, um, how can I say it, insecure about themselves. And it was just kind of a turnoff. Everyone was trying to prove themselves all the time. And I just wanted to be around folks that were more authentic and centered. So um, by the time I decided not to pursue theater, I thought, uh, well, what can I do with all these theater skills? And so I thought broadcast journalism hey, yeah. is my brain and communication skills. Yeah. So switched to political science. And that led me 
to decide, well, maybe I want to be a foreign correspondent. I had always wanted to learn Spanish, despite the fact that I grew up um, half Hispanic. Um, Spanish was a second language for me, and I wanted to really improve and, 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 and get fluent. So I did my last year in college uh, in Costa Rica and happened to meet someone just as my mother told me not to. We ended up getting engaged and getting married. So I ended up spending a total of five years in Costa Rica and certainly became fluent in Spanish. In fact, today, uh, all of my friends from all over the world who speak Spanish are like, where are you from? (laughs) Yeah, you got an interesting (laughs) dialect. (laughs) I speak like a Costa Rican. And... um, but it was a great experience. I was a teacher in Costa Rica and had never wanted to be a teacher, never aspired to be a teacher. Um, but my mom was a teacher and I suppose through osmosis, um, you know, that had really influenced me. And I found that I loved teaching. Um, didn't want to be a teacher forever, but really enjoyed the experience. So when I came back to the United States, my first job ended up being as a life skills GED instructor for a teen mom program at Mikasa Resource Center, of all places. And that's what launched my career and passion for the nonprofit sector. I found in the nonprofit sector uh, this place where one could utilize all kinds of different talents and skills because there's so many different jobs in the nonprofit sector. Uh, So I wasn't boxed into one thing, but I could work for a mission that made me passionate. And for me, my passion has always been uh, to have impact, particularly in the Latino community, education and economic opportunity. Because I believe that there are so many people, um, people that I have worked with personally throughout my life who have so much potential, so much to give, so much uh, intelligence, and they're limited by opportunity. You know, a lack of access to capital to start their own small business, lack of access to higher education, lack of um, faith in themselves or other people's faith in them. Right, and role models even, where they can even imagine some of the past. Exactly, exactly. They never saw it or, you know, they are not relating to what they see. That's right. And I wanted to be a change agent to utilize my life experience, my cultural background, and my um, privilege as a person who got their education to help um, facilitate access to that for others. And that's what I've dedicated my life to. And that's why I'm so passionate about being at MSU Denver, because this is the place where I can do everything that I love to do, utilize all of my talents and skills for a mission that is totally aligned with my passion for education, economic opportunity, and um, communities of color. Um, MSU is almost 50% students of color. Um, and, and, you know, low-income students, veterans, people who are sort of your non-traditional college student. And I just love serving them. I love working for them. And um, I, I just think it's the most wonderful place in the world. And um, we're doing great stuff. So I'm excited to be there. Well, um, take us a little bit. So 
you're down in Costa Rica and now you're in Denver, Colorado. So there has to be a step somewhere between teaching in Costa Rica until you came back to Mikasa. So um, what was that about and what got you to Denver of all places, Denver, Colorado? So your family was from Colorado, but you didn't go back to your home city. Um, what brought you to Denver? Well, sure. So after I graduated from high school, my parents moved to Denver. Oh, okay. So they my did. dad is... Yeah, he was lucky enough to be the um, very first Latino appointed to the Colorado Court of Appeals. Wow, that's awesome. And yeah, it was really cool. And so they moved to Denver, and it made sense for me to come back to Denver because they were here at this point. There were more job opportunities in Denver. And ultimately, my sister um, uh, came to join as well, and she's amazing. Um, so... I did about three and a half years at, at Mikasa, and during that time, I became a Colorado Trust Fellow. And Colorado Trust Fellow program was a two-year master's degree in nonprofit management program uh, combined with a leadership training. And um, it's a full-ride scholarship. Wow, so that's it's, exciting. It was amazing. It, it changed my life, and it cemented my trajectory in the nonprofit sector. So... Um, I ended up having my first child um, about three and a half years into my time at Mikasa. And so uh, I had been working an after school program at the time and couldn't do that kind of work with a baby. So I left Mikasa and went to a consulting firm where I uh, was stayed for about seven and a half years. Amazing experience. Got to work with nonprofit organizations, foundations, and government entities across the state doing all kinds of different strategic planning, fundraising, governance work, um, and, and it just opened my eyes to all of the communities and different issues and challenges that we face, as well as uh, different approaches to address those issues. And I think that was an incredible experience. So um, from there, I worked for a little while at the Piton Foundation on some interesting emerging issues and then um, came back to Mikasa as the executive director this time, which was an interesting <laughs> uh, situation. It was only eight years between, you know, uh, being there as pretty much as frontline worker and now I'm back as the CEO. So that was uh, a, a great experience. And then from there, I went to the Denver Foundation and from the Denver Foundation to MSU Denver. And so I, I remember meeting those, you. Yeah, I first met you when you were at Mikasa because that's when I, I was involved in just all the different community things. And I remember knowing you there and you got to know Kathy Hawk and did some of the clarity work correct. back then in the day. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I've watched you go around town and I've always said, that is a person I want to get to know better. Little did I know that that was in the stars because you are my physical neighbor and live <laughs> across the street from me. So it was like, hey, you live there? Awesome sauce. That is awesome. Well, it is, yeah. been, you know, on behalf of all of Colorado, uh, thank you for your service because, you know, the ripple effect, people say, oh, you know, I just want to save the world. Well, it's people like you that take every step and every opportunity and do the advanced degree and learn the next thing and stay curious and stay of service that do make the difference. And it's every person that watches you as a role model that then believes that they can. So you're listening to Boost Power Podcast. We will be right back. 
You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. Hi, we're back. I know you're like, Christine, I want to be her neighbor too. I want to live across the street from her. I know. It's a double blessing for me to not only have her on the show, but to call her a friend and an ally and a cohort in trying to help this world every single day. So let's talk a little bit about my favorite university, MSU Denver, because as you were talking about, you're so happy to be there, but tell everybody who's listening because kind of this fits for everyone, whether you have children that are coming up and want to go to, you know, the first college right after high school, whether you yourself, like me, is 59 and a half years old and just saying, hey, what else can I learn? What else can I do? Uh, whether you're a working mom or dad and you just really want to keep furthering yourself with a great education, whether you're um, interested now in getting in the healthcare industry and that could just be a new idea or the hospitality industry every time you turn around there's kind of a fit and msu denver for every age and every you know any human that wants to learn and is curious i think fits there so tell everybody a little bit more about that and then we're going to talk about the stew book so uh tell us more about our favorite msu denver absolutely well first of all i should let folks know that my role there is vice president of advancement and so um, I have the privilege of working across the university with all of our amazing uh, faculty and students and programs and, um, and get to figure out, you know, with the right infusion of resources, what could we do? We're already doing amazing stuff next to nothing. What could we do if we had um, adequate resources or the right space or the right equipment? And so I love that opportunity to sort of vision with our team and really create possibility to benefit this amazing group of people. So MSU Denver has been around since 1965. Um, I think that what we're really known for is the diversity um, of our student body. We are the uh, only um, modified open enrollment public university in the state, which means that if you have a high school degree or a GED, you can come to MSU Denver. So the first thing to know is that everyone is welcome. Um, but that doesn't mean that our standards are at all sub-quality. Uh, we pride ourselves in having an incredible faculty. We have people who are Fulbright scholars. We have people who have you know, gotten their PhDs at our very best institutions across the country. They choose to work at MSU Denver for usually the same reason and that is our students, because everybody who works at MSU Denver is so passionate about the students that we serve. Now, what makes them amazing? They come from all over Colorado. 95% of our students are from Colorado. Um, they are hardworking. Over 80% of them work while going to school, which just shows a certain amount of grit and determination and a work ethic that I think makes them amazing as well as incredible employees. Um, they are diverse. I already mentioned that almost half of them are students of color, but we also have 1,200 veterans on campus. We have, um, our average age is 25. So we have people that range from, you know, just graduating from high school. I think in the last couple of commencements that I've participated in, we've had people in their 70s <laughs> getting their, Di diploma, which is so cool. 
Um, and then the programs that we offer, uh, everything is taught by our faculty. So you get to learn straight from a professor. You're in smaller classes where you um, have that more intimate experience. We don't have 300 person lecture halls. We, you're not taught by a TA. Um, and so whether you're aspiring for leadership positions within the hospitality industry, we have an, an incredible, probably one of the um, best hospitality learning centers combined with a hotel. Yeah, it's um, amazing. It's really cool. And students get to work in the hotel, work in the restaurant, um, but also learn from the, from the professional staff uh, at both of those places. And, um, and, and that combination, that integration of learning and work experience is really what MSU Denver is all about. We have an incredible cybersecurity program and we're launching the first cyber range in the Metro Denver area that will allow students to practice hacking <laughs> and defending off hacking uh, uh, situations in a, in a contained environment with no access to the internet, um, but also a space, the cyber range will also facilitate companies from the Metro Denver area to bring their IT teams in and have the same red right, team experience. experience. Yeah, wow. Cyber is so hot right now. Yeah. Um, we've got an incredible school of education. We're the um, second largest producer of teachers in the state. And we're really proud of the fact that we've infused trauma-informed practices throughout the curriculum so that te teachers are learning from the time that they're educated as teachers about how to help students who are experiencing trauma. And with coronavirus and all the um, challenges that our world is experiencing right now, students of all backgrounds are experiencing a lot of trauma and that comes out in the classroom and right. teachers need to understand how to handle that in a constructive way. Um, and so uh, those are just a handful of the highlight uh, programs that MSU have. We have the one of the probably the best aviation program in the western um, region we have an incredible engineering program, um, construction project management. So there's just so many cool things going on at MSU Denver. And one of the things that I'm committed to is making sure that everybody knows about it and that MSU Denver is one of the top three choices when they're thinking about where do I want to go to school in Colorado. MSU Denver is right up there along with all of our other public um, higher education institutions. Well, you know, I'm going to brag that I think some of it is because you have a woman in your top leadership position because I was lucky enough to be at the TEDx that you hosted last year and heard Dr. Janine Davidson share her vision of education and what is possible. So just take a second, um, just in honor of Dr. Davidson, because she is such a rock star leader for all of you, and talk about kind of her philosophy about education, because I think that is why MSU Denver is nimble to meet the demands of today and is training the teachers about trauma and is preparing the next medical, uh, you know, staff we need for the future because you have such a great team, including you and Kathy and everyone, and because of your dynamic leader. And I'm also setting up that she's going to have one of these podcasts so people can learn more and listen to her podcast. You know, Janine is uh, the number one reason that I chose to come to MSU Denver. 
Um, she is, you know, her former undersecretary of the Navy, which is, you know, she's, she's amazing. And, um, but what we appreciate about her, and she's built an absolutely incredible team of leaders and, and other um, folks working at the university, is that she really does authentically believe in empowering others to be their best and do their best. So she chooses, um, she likes to call them uh, uh, A-plus leaders, and then she supports them and lets them really fly. And that's why we love working with her, because we really have the freedom to do the things that we are best at and the things that we know need to be done. Um, we have tremendous respect for each other, and that allows her to kind of take her hand off the steering wheel and let us do our thing. Now, of course, she's extremely clear in uh, what the priorities are and what we need to be focused on and our commitment to our core values. So um, uh, there, there's, there's just a lot of uh, consensus and, and uh, commitment to that trajectory. Um, one of the things that she always says is that our top three priorities are students, students, students. And I think that's what really drives and motivates us. As we've been going through the coronavirus pandemic, for example, we had to cut $14 million from our budget, $14 million. And we managed to come together, unify, and do that in a way that ensured that we protected the quality of the education that we promised our students, and also that we protected their safety and well-being. So we've certainly had to cut all the way down to bone, but we tried to do it in the best way possible to protect um, the quality of the experience that our students have so that we can uh, rebuild from a place of strength. Well, I can see that just as a consumer. I can see that as an ally. And again, uh, I always believe, and that's what we talk about in the show, you know, that women can help women and can help women. The one thing you can do with a woman is give her permission to thrive because we will and we will figure it out. And we're not so ego driven that we're not afraid to say, hey, that is something I need help with or I need some other ideas or I need to collaborate because that's what we're about. And th that kind of segues me over to your story. So you are part of The Stew, which is a compilation book of 60 women that each wrote about a thousand word essays on ideas they'd like to give to the world. So from women to the world. And uh, it is premiering in October of 2020. And you really talked about trust and you really said, you know, how you've seen trust as a winning ticket through your career. So tell us just a sneak preview, a little bit about your story in the stew book. Yeah. You know, I think that um, observing Janine, she's a great example of how to build trust. And you do that through a combination of clarity of uh, purpose and uh, supporting, you know, cer certainly hiring people that you believe in, but then demonstrating that you trust them. So she's, she's been a wonderful example. But throughout my career, I've learned a lot about trust. Um, I think starting back probably sooner than Mikasa, but this is a, a great example. I thought that a great leader was someone who was uh, inspiring, dynamic, smart, strategic, and had really figured out what the right direction for the organization 
was, and if you were, were all of those different things, people would logically follow you. And what I found was that's not necessarily true. You can't be this sort of out front uh, maverick. You really have to work collaboratively with your team to understand what the issues are and then jointly create uh, solutions to those uh, issues and then trust your team to go about implementing those solutions. And if you do that effectively, and it's, it's a whole you know, process to get to what the um, direction needs to be and what the uh, solutions need to be. Um, but if you can do that right and trust your team to, to do a great job and, and certainly uh, address issues as they arise and people might be you know, going off the rails, um, then you will build an incredible team. You will gain respect. You will um, be able to achieve whatever you set your mind to. And um, it took me a lot of time to learn how to do that. Um, and with each of the positions that I've had, I have grown in my ability to develop trust. I've grown in my ability to um, create that kind of team and that kind of focus and that kind of um, uh, joint pursuit of the goal. And in this position uh, at MSU Denver, sort of combined with what Janine's doing at the, the top of the university, I think we've really gotten it right. Um, again, going through the coronavirus situation is, is one of the worst experiences any of us have ever had, personally and professionally. But I really believe that if I had to go through this pandemic with any team, it's this team that I want to go through it with, um, both at the senior leadership level and at my own uh, advancement division level. I, I have the privilege of working with absolutely phenomenal humans. And we have worked together to figure out how are we going to get through this? We've worked together to figure out what the solutions are going to be. And now we're working together to implement those solutions. And it's working. It's working. Uh, MSU Denver is getting through this pandemic uh, as best we can. It ain't perfect. It's hard. Um, we're suffering because of the reduction in budget, but we're getting through it and we're keeping our, our, our students safe. Um, our faculty has had great feedback in the level of communication that they've received and how we are also trying to keep them safe. And, and we're two weeks into the semester right now and so far so good. Whereas we look around at some other universities who've had to renege on their promises to students and faculty, they've had to shut down because of outbreaks. That's not happening at MSU Denver. Things are going fine. We, we, we kept 90% of our, or 95% of our classes are online. Only 5% are in person because safety was our number one priority. And we declared that back in May. Um, and I think it was the right decision but it's helped us build trust. And I think that's key to our success in the future. Right. And I'm so glad you addressed that in the book. You know, it's really important because this book is of service. And I think how people will end up using it since I proofread it. So I read every story every day uh, is they're going to say, you know, what do I need to think about today? And they're going to open to your story about trust. And then they're going to read your story and see themselves and say, yes, how am I building the trust that then when the times are tough 
where the situation changes and we need to really rally, the foundation of trust is in place. And that makes it possible to know that your cohorts are going to be competent and that you've already, you know, set that in motion. So um, you are just a blessing on so many levels. So we do two things. Um, We're going to pick a card from the new card deck. This is my new Happy Life Connection Cards. Uh, They're coming out this fall. So if you were with me physically and we were not in virus world online, you would be picking this yourself, but I'm going to pick a random one for you. And you just, what's the first thing that comes into your head? And you're going to get enjoy who. Enjoy who. So it's who, what, where, when, why, and how. And there's all these prompts. And you got enjoy who. So when you hear who do I need to enjoy, what comes to your mind? My children. You know, in this coronavirus situation, we have had more family time than we have <laughs> ever imagined. Uh, (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm working virtually, so I'm at home all day long. Uh, They didn't have, you know, they they went all online last March. And then, you know, a lot of the camp experiences that for them this summer were canceled. Uh, Our family vacations were camping trips. So we've been together a lot. And sometimes my husband and I, we need a break. Um, And uh, what I try to constantly remind myself is this experience, one silver lining is the time you're getting to have with your children. So cherish that, maximize that. How are you tearing yourself away from, you know, the news? Because I love to watch the news in the evening. And instead, you know, turn it off and pay attention to your kid and how uh, their day was and what's going on. And let's do a, an arts and craft together. Or let's make cookies together. or Let's go throw the ball around in the park together and really try to embrace uh, this incredibly unique opportunity for me, given the type of work that I do, I'm out of the house a lot. My norm was three to four nights a week gone. And I, by the time I would come home, the kids were going to bed. And, and so now I have this blessing. And how am I using that to enjoy my children? Because I may never have this opportunity again. Well, that is, that is a very great point for so many people listening, you know, that now have the opportunity to do it differently and to not be out and about and to be um, experiencing and more focused on family, on you know, however they connect with friends. We never had calls with my dad, right? But he's been alone since March 1. He is 84 with emphysema. So he should not be out and about. Although he sneaks out to Chick-fil-A in his mask for chicken sandwiches and he goes to the grocery store. But he has been home and now we do Zoom calls on Sundays. And we have a newborn baby to my 84-year-old dad on a Zoom call. And we had never connected as a family weekly in our entire existence. And, you know, I think it's awesome for me also, who doesn't live in Indiana with my family. I'm the one that got away. So it's very great for me to see him every week. And it's so um, amazing to see a three-month-old baby, you know, and the generations, which is the grand, great-grandson of my dad. So um, there are blessings in here somewhere. And the blessing of the stew book, I, I will say this out loud. If we never had the the pandemic and we all didn't have to change the way we worked, 
I could not have cajoled 60 of my women friends to write a thousand word essay and get it done. Everybody was a superhero and got that done. And in the normal world, when you were out three days a week, where would you find that time? You know, right. and just such a blessing that we got to do this. Well, tell everyone how to connect with you. We'll also post that on the podcast page. But if they're listening, tell them how to find you if they want to learn more about MSU Denver or they just want to connect with you. Absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, go to msudenver.edu. That's our main website. Um, you can learn about the advancement work that we do by uh, clicking on the Give button that's on our homepage. Um, my contact information is cmark37, so that's c-m-a-r-q-u-37 at msudenver.edu. And would love to hear from folks, um, even in this pandemic, uh, I, I do think that we're communicating differently. Um, I, I complain sometimes that I get tired of Zoom calls because um, I seem to be on them for you know nearly eight hours a day. <laughs> but the Zoom calls are really efficient and they can be very effective. And we're finding that um, even in the world of fundraising, we're able to keep trucking along and making sure that we're bringing resources to these students who deserve it so much, to this wonderful institution who, who already which already is doing so much, but could do so much more. And that's what inspires me to um, get through this pandemic and make sure that we emerge on the other side stronger, uh, smarter, better than we were going into it. And that's well, our collection. I tell you, you are the right person in the right job. And I just know that it's always just a blessing, no matter what, that you can take every role every opportunity, every challenge, and turn it into what, you know, what works now? How do I serve differently? How do I use what I learned, right? Um, and me too. Every time I've failed or it, has, it hasn't been easy, which is a lot, and I, like you, try to fake it like, yeah, it's all easy, but we know that we're peddling as fast as we can behind the scenes uh, to keep up the good work. And thank you for your support of the Camp Experience Network and the doing good and having fun in this world. Uh, so many are benefiting. We can't wait to present knapsacks to your students after the fall retreat, and we can't wait for Dr. Davidson and your team uh, to be there and be a part of it. So you have been listening to Boost Power Podcast, and as you can see, today is the first day of the rest of your life. So what did you learn today from Christine? You know, what from her journey resonates with you, or you kind of think, yeah, that gives me an insight, it gives me an idea, or it gives me hope. Hope that no matter what, I can keep going and find my light, find my passion, and find my purpose. Please share this podcast with others who can benefit from our uplifting energy and ideas. Just subscribe on your favorite podcast uh, vehicle, whatever you like to listen to podcasts on, uh, and share this because we want to do good and have fun with you. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.